Question A. Are you overexposed? I'm talking about overexposure in digital marketing. Now, Warren Buffett once said, diversification is protection against ignorance, but it makes very little sense for those who know what they're doing. Now, Warren, with an attitude like that, makes a fantastic investor, but he'd make a dreadful digital marketer. In this podcast episode, we're going to talk about diversification of traffic sources. On the Exposure Ninja podcast and on our videos and in our books and stuff, you will have heard us talk about find some marketing channels that work well for you and go all in on them. Push them as far as you possibly can. But I've had some conversations in the last week that have shown me that some people have taken this attitude to an extreme which is terrifying, and we've seen the fallout over the years of businesses not being diversified in their marketing. So this episode is all about helping you identify if you are overexposed in one particular marketing channel and what to do about it. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency that helps you get more leads and sales from your website. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. So let's talk about digital marketing overexposure and in particular being overexposed to one particular traffic source. Let me give you a bit of a background story here. So last week I was speaking at an event and I hung out with 500 business owners and marketers. Now I spoke at this event and afterwards lots of people came to our stand to talk to me and I had the same conversation about 15 times and it terrifies me. Here's a variation of the conversation. Hey Tim, we're doing some marketing. We're spending 30k a month on Facebook ads, but since the iOS 14.5 update, we've noticed our reported conversions tank and we're a little bit scared. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. What other marketing channels are you using? Uh, we're not doing anything else, just the Facebook ads. At this point, I'd be like, whoa, 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 time out. I spoke to one business, they'd grown to over 2 million revenue per year, relying on one landing page and one traffic source for their new business. (laughs) This is extreme overexposure and we see it a lot. It's a business that finds one thing that works, they go all in on that and they don't think about any other traffic source. The danger is something happens to that traffic source and the entire business, it's like the tap has been turned off. Now, I'm not talking about Facebook ads is a bad idea, scaling Facebook ads is a bad idea, not at all. You should definitely scale Facebook ads. If it's working well for you, you should absolutely scale it. But recognize that every single traffic source comes with risks. Now, broadly traffic sources fall into two categories. We have organic traffic sources. So this would be SEO, for example, right? We're relying on organic visibility on Google to get traffic to our website. Another organic traffic source would be organic social media. You're relying on getting visibility on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, to drive people to your website. Another sort of organic traffic source will be referrals. You've got some features on different websites that bring you traffic. You're relying on those websites getting visibility on Google. It's kind of like a second order SEO thing to drive traffic to your website. 
Now, the danger of any organic traffic channel is that you are at the mercy of somebody's algorithm. Okay, algorithms define what we see on Google on any social platform. And every single company that runs an organic something, whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, they are constantly refining their algorithm to improve it. And anytime you're at the mercy of an algorithm, you can lose visibility. One of my very, very first clients. I think this is actually before the days of EN, was a, an amazing husband and wife couple. You might have heard me talk about them. The experience has scarred me deeply. Amazing husband and wife couple that had this kind of forum, this content site all about dreams. And if you had a dream and you didn't know what it meant, then you would search on Google and you would find their website and there would be people talking about, you know, what these dreams meant. Anyway, this site was absolutely hammered by Penguin. It was obliterated. It had gone from driving all this traffic and picking up all this traffic. And by the way, they monetized the business through AdSense. So through showing people ads who'd come through to the site and found them through organic. And this was their business. This was their life. So they'd monetized the site through AdSense. They'd been used to getting all this traffic from organic. They had never thought to diversify their traffic sources because why would you? This is working. Why would we change it? Why would we rock the boat? Penguin comes along, they lose all of their visibility, and it's just game over. It's like someone turned the tap off, someone stood on the neck of the business, right? Graphic, you know, <laughs> a graphic metaphor, but it's exactly what happens because all of a sudden the business loses all of the traffic because it's completely reliant on that one source. Seeing the impact of that, and by the way, we weren't able to fix this. We tried everything we could, we were not able to fix it. So seeing that and seeing the impact on these people and their lives completely shook me and told me you never want to be over reliant on a particular traffic source. Okay, so that's organic and you're always at the mercy of an algorithm. Exactly the same if you're used to working organically on, say, Facebook before the visibility algorithms deprioritized business posts whatever. Exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing will happen with Instagram. It will happen with LinkedIn. It will eventually happen with TikTok, right? This is the pattern that every social channel goes through where organic business content eventually tends to be deprioritized. So that's the risk with an organic traffic channel. Now, the risk with a paid traffic channel, well, you risk account suspension. So anyone who has put all of their eggs in the Facebook ad basket only for Facebook ads to say, you know what, we're just going to cancel your account for no reason or for some illegitimate reason or whatever. And you've tried to fight against that, but you haven't been able to reinstate your account. You will realize that there is a risk there. You're also at the risk of policy changes. So things like cookie policies, iOS updates, legislation, regulation about different businesses and what is and isn't allowed. You're also at risk of increased competition, increased CPCs, which you'll have no control over. So whatever traffic channel you use, there is always some sort of risk. Let's be 100% clear about that. There is always some sort of risk with whatever traffic channel that you use. So I'm not saying you need to do this because this is completely risk free or you need to do that because that has minimized risk. There is always a risk with every traffic channel. And of course, all channels risk audience behavior changes. Okay, so bands that relied on their MySpace fans before MySpace disappeared into the abyss. Well, if they hadn't moved those fans over to somewhere else, all of a sudden their audience was no longer spending time on that platform. So there's a risk there as well. So all channels are exposed to that sort of risk. 
Now, sometimes you have notice about changes or risks like the cookie update that's coming and that's kind of gradually being rolled out across all platforms. We have notice about this so we can make changes and we can adapt, but sometimes you just don't have changes. When things are going well, of course, the last thing you want to do is mess with the stuff that's working. Hence, the Facebook ad business that got to 2 million relying just on Facebook ads one landing page. They're putting £1 into a slot and getting £10 out every day for a year, okay? The first day of the next year, you're going to say to them, well, instead of putting one of those £1 into that slot, which is yielding you £10 every day, you're going to come over here and you're going to put that £1 into a slot, which will probably yield you nothing for six months, but then might yield you something later on. They're going to say, you're an idiot. Why would I do that when this slot is working so well? So anytime you invest time or energy into a new unproven channel, it's going to feel painful because you're used to getting such a great return. And that's the addictive quality of a traffic channel that is working so well. You are totally hooked. You put all your available resources into that thing. And of course, that just increases your exposure and increases your risk of total business wipeout. TBW. So that's the danger. And that's why this is such a common phenomenon amongst businesses that have had a lot of success with one particular channel. So it's very difficult to convince someone that is doing well with one particular traffic source that they do need to diversify and that actually there is benefit. It's a bit like taking out insurance, right? Insurance is never a fun thing to do because you don't see yourself claiming on it. <laughs> Nobody thinks that their Facebook ads that are working so well today are going to stop tomorrow, for example. But that is exactly my job in this episode is to convince you to consider diversifying. So what we're going to do, we're going to break it into two sections. Firstly, we're going to talk about how to identify if you are overexposed to one particular traffic source. And I'm going to break you down some stats that I've analyzed from our most successful clients to look at the different splits of conversions coming through different channels to give you a bit of a golden rule that you can use to work out if you are overexposed to one channel. Then we're going to talk about how to diversify and how much to diversify. Now, this is in some ways the trickiest bit because you are going from something that's proven to something that is unproven. So you want to shorten that learning period. You want to shorten any experimentation period to make this as fast as possible for you. Then at the end, I'm going to give you the quick action steps to work out what to do next with all of this info. Sound good? Awesome, let's do it. Step one, how do you know if you're over-reliant on one particular traffic source? Well, our most successful clients typically have a split between at least three different buckets of traffic. They have an organic traffic source, they have paid traffic sources, and they have direct traffic. This is important because direct traffic is often branded traffic. This is people that already know you. The same can be said to an extent for branded organic traffic, which is slightly different to regular organic traffic. I don't want to get too complicated, but they've basically got three sources, organic, paid, and direct or branded traffic. So for example, Exposure Ninja, we generate 81% of our total traffic from organic, but only 43% of our conversions come from organic. So it's more diverse than it initially appears. And that's the thing about organic traffic sources. You can often drive huge volumes of traffic, but you'll tend to get a lot of informational, a lot of non-commercial traffic from organic traffic sources, which you can convert them in other ways. But our core lead conversions, we get 43% of them. 
Another business that we analyzed, and by the way, if you want to look at the analytics for all of these, then you can go to our YouTube channel and watch the video version of this. Another business that we've analyzed, they have a very, very healthy split. They get a lot of direct traffic to their website, but their organic traffic provides 27% of their conversions. Their paid traffic provides 37%. They got 34 from direct and then the rest is made up from different traffic sources. So they've basically got a pretty even split between organic search, paid search and direct, which is super healthy because it means if any of those falls off a cliff, they can still survive. There's another business that I show in the video. They're absolutely ridiculously sick business. Eight figure business, we've helped them grow 34% in a year. Um, they're getting 40% of their conversions by direct. This is repeat custom. This is people that already know them. They're very, very well known in the space. They got 20% from organic, 11% from paid, 23 from referral. So very, very healthy split across lots of different channels. Now, one business that we look at in the video is a brand new client that we've just signed up and they're getting almost 50% of their conversions from organic. They're getting 38% from direct and 10% from referrals. Now, that 50% from organic, whilst it shows that there's loads more potential for this business to increase that organic visibility, one of the most important things we'll be doing for this business is helping them diversify because that is an over-reliance in organic. The only traffic channel that they can kind of control directly out of all of those is the organic channel. So they've also got paid search as part of their mix, but it's generating a paltry 2% of their conversions, which is not enough. And if something happens to that organic traffic, this could be quite serious for them. So that's an example of a business which is extremely reliant on organic. Another example of a business that is extremely reliant on one source that we look at in the video is one business that's got very heavily into paid search, which has been fantastic for them. And they've made millions and millions from paid search, which is great. But the trouble is they have not invested any of those millions into organic. So they're now at a point where they're reliant on 70% of their traffic or their conversion, sorry, coming from paid search, which is a dangerous place to be in if Google decides to do something with paid search or if Google takes a dislike to their business or whatever. That is really, really dangerous. That is such a high percentage of their conversions coming from one sort of business. Now, you see examples of businesses out there in the wild that have done a fantastic job of traffic diversity. So for example, Gymshark, which you've heard us talk about a lot, but this is such a classic influencer first brand. Gymshark was built so heavily on influencers and in the early days was really reliant on their influencer strategy. But they've done a couple of things to diversify that. Firstly, they've built SEO and paid social heavily, heavily. Their SEO strategy is now so strong that they are one of the top businesses in their space with SEO, even though historically that was never a priority for their business. Exactly the same for paid search and paid social. They've gone really heavy in these areas, despite influence being kind of their DNA. They've also diversified their influence by bringing in a huge range of different influencers that they work with. So they're not reliant on any particular, uh, you know, small group or individual for their brand. This is, again, something that we see a lot in influencer marketing, that a brand will find one particular ambassador, they'll go all in with them, something happens to that person or that person decides to bring out their own brand and directly compete and no longer wants to work with the brand, all of a sudden that source is removed. 
So that's the way to do it. Get traction with something, then build out an additional foundational pillars. If you want some help with your digital marketing, if you're listening to this thinking, oh my goodness, this sounds terrifying. Tim's telling me that our business is going to be destroyed overnight. I'm not saying that at all, but some businesses are destroyed overnight. So I just want you to be prepared. If you want some help figuring out where you should be diversifying, we have free help available. You can request a free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja. So just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Tell us a bit about your business, your current digital marketing, and we will recommend the traffic sources that we'd suggest working across in order to grow to the leads and sales goals that you have. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. It's completely free of charge. It's amazing. Okay. How much should you diversify your traffic sources? Well, what we tend to notice is that our most successful clients, and by that I mean the highest revenue and the fastest growth clients, their most important traffic channels rarely account for more than 40% of their total conversions. Okay, their most important traffic channels rarely account for more than 40% of their total conversions. And here's why that's an important number. In the event of some sort of catastrophe, which is obviously the worst case scenario, it's fairly unlikely that a traffic source would go completely to zero. Now, of course, it might go completely to zero if your traffic source is, you know, a paid ad channel and the ad platform decides that you are utter scum and that you need to be removed from their ad platform. But most of the time, it's unlikely that any particular traffic source would go to zero. It can sometimes happen, for example, is that you lose half of your traffic or you lose half of your conversions for whatever reason. Let's say you're hit with an algorithm update or you're hit with some sort of iOS or cookie related or GDPR thing that comes and just knocks you sideways. So if your top performing traffic source provides 40% of your conversions and you're allowing for a 50% drop in that source, you're only losing 20% of your total conversions. All right, does this make sense? I know maths on a podcast isn't necessarily what you signed up for, but stick with me. You got one traffic source providing 40% of your total conversions, you lose half of that, you've lost 20% of your total conversions. Now for most businesses, of course, losing 20% of your conversions is pretty unpleasant. That's not what anybody signs up for, that's not what you want. But most businesses' margins can sustain that sort of new business loss at least temporarily while they figure out what to do. That's not the case if you're getting 80, even 70, 60, worst case, 100% of your conversions from one source and you lose half of those, that is decimating, that is redundancies time, that is a really bad place to be. So based on this, I'd be looking to diversify if any single traffic source becomes more than 40% of your total conversion. So you can just go into Google Analytics, have a look, sort by traffic, acquisition, all channels, see which of these channels is providing the most conversions for me and is it over 40%? If it's over 40%, we need to work on some other stuff. You need to have a backup plan if you like. So the next question is, of course, let's say that that is your situation. How do you find the right alternative traffic sources to diversify into? (laughs) The typical digital marketing answer, which I hate giving you, is it depends. Now, don't worry, I'm not just going to say, yeah, do you know what? It depends. You need to go and figure it out. I'm going to give you a bit of a framework to use to work out how you might figure out what your alternative traffic sources are going to be, because what's right for one business might not be right for another business. Some businesses can't run ads. Some businesses really suit search. Some businesses really suit social. Some businesses really suit Amazon, for example. Now, you'll hear us talk a lot on the Exposure Ninja podcast about the difference between search and impulse businesses. 
If you need a quick recap on that, here it is. I'm locked outside my house. I need a locksmith. A locksmith is a search business, right? If I'm locked outside my house, I go onto Google and I search locksmith. What I don't do is go onto Instagram and hope that I see an ad for a locksmith. That is a bad, bad strategy. And try as Facebook might, the Facebook search has never taken off. So that is not something that you would go to social for. So that is an example of an extreme search-based business. So emergency plumbers, locksmith, these are types of businesses that we can all understand as extreme search-focused businesses. On the other hand, a Peruvian mud algae face peel that you've just <laughs> invented which uh, you know gets all the stuff out of your pores and makes you look 15 years younger. Well, this is an impulse business, right? Because I'm not looking for a Peruvian mud algae face peel. You've just invented that. That's awesome. It might work really well, but I'm not necessarily searching for it. Now, show me that on Instagram. I'm yours. I'm buying that thing. I love it. But that is an example of an impulse business. So you would run an ad on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok where you would show me that while I'm scrolling through a feed and you'd have an impulse ad, you'd have an interruption ad that goes in between the organic post which says, hey Tim, your face is looking skank, I've seen it on the videos, you need this Peruvian mud algae face peel. Right, so that's an example of an impulse business where there's not necessarily going to be huge search volume. There is going to be some search volume for things like face peels, of course, but if you've got something that is very different or very unique or alternative to what's already out there in the market, then often going along the impulse side of things can work better. So that would be a business that's better search, suited for interruption ads, particularly on social media. So you've got those two extremes, you've got the search, and then you've got the impulse. Now most businesses fit somewhere between those extremes. So for example, fashion, depending on the type of clothing that you sell, you might be a little bit more focused on search, you might be a little bit more focused on interruption, and interruption would include influencer there. If you're selling cosmetics, similar sort of thing, you might be a little bit more towards search, you might be a little bit more towards interruption. If you're B2B or you're offering a service, same sort of thing. So most businesses somewhere between the two extremes and it depends on how much pain the person is in that is gonna be buying from you. If they're in a lot of pain and they're searching for a solution for their pain, then that can often nudge you towards a search-focused approach. If they don't really know that they're in pain, they don't know that they want your thing until they see it, well, that might nudge you towards impulse. So why does this matter? Well, your position on the search versus impulse spectrum will define which traffic sources you should be diversifying into. For example, let's say that a locksmith is heavily reliant on pay-per-click ads on Google search. Well, if they're going to diversify, it makes no sense at all for them to start doing TikTok, right? Because their potential customer has stood outside their house in the rain. They're not scrolling TikTok looking for dance routines or whatever by the local locksmith. That's not what they're there for. So their diversification might be into organic search or it might be into Bing. I don't know if you know Bing. <laughs> it's yeah, it's out there. So they would look at other search-focused traffic channels, whereas the Peruvian mud algae, they might make a huge business on Instagram. They want to diversify, so they look into TikTok, right? And they look into building organic and paid visibility on TikTok because that's more of an impulse platform. Does this make sense? So your position on that search impulse spectrum will define which traffic channels that you move into. So if you're true, pure search, 
you're only going to be looking at search traffic. You're not going to be straying into the world of impulse traffic. If you're pure impulse, you're only going to be looking at impulse traffic. You're not going to be straying into the world of search because people won't be searching for what you're selling or they're just not going to get it. Now, of course, for most businesses that are in between, this is great because this opens up more opportunities for you. So we have businesses, we have clients in the supplement space. And if you're a supplement company, you have both a search business and you have an impulse business. People are looking for supplements, whether it's vitamins or whatever, and they're also open to being sold on impulse supplements. So you can diversify by going into other traffic channels outside of either search or impulse, wherever you're playing, wherever you're over-reliant. Does this make sense? Now, I want to give you some warnings here, because as you start doing this, it's going to be painful. I'm not going to lie. Starting to diversify your traffic sources is painful. Remember that idea of I'm putting one pound in, I'm getting 10 pounds out. I'm putting one pound in, I'm getting 10 pounds out. All of a sudden, here's Tim tapping me on the shoulder saying, you might want to put 50p into this other thing. And you're saying, well, how much is it going to give me? I'm used to putting one pound in and getting 10 pounds out. And Tim's telling you, you might get nothing for the first few months, right? <laughs> now, at this point, most businesses are like, yeah, drop me out. I'm just going to keep putting one pound in and getting 10 pounds out until the day where they put one pound in and they get five pounds out or they put one pound in and they get nothing out. And then they go, oh, wish we diversified earlier. So starting to diversify is painful. It's unlikely that brand new traffic sources will pay off immediately. So again, if you want to watch the video of this, I'll show you some analytics stuff. But one of the examples in the video, they were skeptical that paid search could ever work for them, right? They'd always focused on organic search. They're very, very search focused business and e-commerce business, B2B e-commerce. They always thought that organic search would be the one for them. Paid search wouldn't really work. Well, we were able to get them working with paid search, but in month one, it was very, very small. I can't remember what the ROAS was. It was positive, but it wasn't much. But by month seven, then the ROAS was more than 800%. So we'd also added email marketing and we'd balanced their traffic sources much more evenly. They've got traffic from Google Ads now. They've got traffic from organic search. They've got direct traffic, which is often repeat custom. And they've got email marketing traffic. So their traffic split now is much more even and they can sleep much easier at night knowing that they're not reliant on any one thing. Now, of course, the ultimate trade-off is when a business that is reliant on paid traffic diversifies into an organic source. In many ways, this is the most painful situation, right? Because you're moving for something that has a very quick, direct ROI into something that takes time to build and takes time to build momentum. And I can tell you all day about how growing your organic visibility on search, for example, can be fantastic. You can increase your traffic and conversions huge. But in the first three months where you're looking at the numbers thinking, oh, it's not huge yet, Tim. Well, yes, I know. And that is painful. And that requires this kind of leap of faith to say, well, we're going to invest in organic sources, even though we've been used to and we've been conditioned that marketing is a fast ROI thing. We're going to move into organic sources which have a slower ROI because of the diversity and scale opportunities. Okay, so one business that fits this mold, an Australian e-commerce client of ours, when they came to us, they were generating about 30% of their sales through paid search and about 11% of their sales were coming from organic search. They weren't particularly overexposed to paid search, but in this case, they actually just wanted to reduce their dependency on paid search because they could see the opportunity with organic and they could see that there was lots of scale there. 
Now, if we fast forward, so that was January, if we fast forward to August, we've doubled the amount of organic conversions that they're getting which means that their organic sales has gone from 11% to 12.5%. We've also improved the performance of their PPC. So they've gone from 29% of sales to 25% of sales through PPC. But we've added another $65,000 a month in sales on PPC. So everything has grown, the pie has expanded, and we're gradually chipping away the imbalance between paid and social whilst improving all of these channels. But you know, this has taken time. It's taken seven months for them to get that doubling of organic sales. And it's still a relatively small percentage of their overall pie. By the way, I hope you're enjoying this podcast episode. If you are, consider subscribing or following if you're on Spotify. So yeah, consider subscribing. Leave us a review as well. We love reading the reviews. And don't forget, you can check out all of the video versions of these podcasts on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja. You know how to use YouTube because you're a functioning adult. Okay, let's summarize them with some quick action steps. You got three action steps here. So first step is to work out if you need to diversify your traffic sources. Use the rule of 40. Are you getting more than 40% of your conversions from any one single traffic source? If you are, it's time to diversify. Step number two, work out whether you're a search or impulse business or whether you sit somewhere between these two ends of the spectrum. Thirdly, work out which other traffic sources you need to work on and build up and develop. If you need help with this, request a free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja. Go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. Now a quick word on if you're going to diversify into paid traffic sources, one thing that you don't want to do is just dip your toe a little bit in the water and just try a few ads, spend a few hundred dollars or pounds a month and just leave it there and say, we can scale these up if we need to when the time comes. Because in some cases, it can be quite difficult to scale ad spend very fast. So you do need to be able to scale the ad spend to a reasonable amount so that you can sleep at night and know that you're not going to be hammered if your organic source drops quickly and you don't have time to scale your paid. So that is what I've got for you today on Are you too reliant on any one traffic source and how to diversify? I would also say a lot of people that listen to this are going to be like, yeah, but things are working well at the moment. So I'll just figure this out later. Please don't do that. The thing about needing to diversify, it's a little bit like insurance. You never need it until you really need it. And by the time you really need it, it's too late. So it's best to do this stuff now as a preventative thing rather than have to be really reactive. And the stress of that is massive. Trust me, I've seen it in lots of businesses over the years. I hope this has been useful. Until next week, talk soon.